Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate our listeners. We have a wonderful guest for you today. Her name is Penny Crockett. Penny is an educator, an author, a mother of two, a tea sommelier, and a health professional with a master's degree in health sciences. She is an entrepreneur. She is the CEO and founder of Penny's Teas, which is sold in more than 600 stores across the country. Penny spent over 10 years as a college professor of health sciences, preparing students for future careers in healthcare, and she is passionate about sharing the secrets of better health and vitality. So welcome to the show, Penny. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing your success story because I think it's a very inspiring story. Uh, Would you like to share a little bit about how you got started? Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, I was not feeling well. I was sick. I was throwing up, had diarrhea. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. So I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with IBS which is irritable bowel syndrome. My doctor told me that it was stress-induced due to my domestic violence situation. However, at that time, I honestly didn't know that I was going through any kind of domestic violence situation. I really thought that I was just in a bad relationship with a really bad guy that did really bad things. But I didn't have a name for it, and that name would be domestic violence. I really didn't find that out too much later. But my doctor gave me a prescription to get filled. But on my way home, I really struggled with having another pharmaceutical drug inside of my body. You know, all the time when I take pills, you know, especially if they're big, they get stuck like right here in my throat. And I just hate that feeling. And I'm thinking, you know, I just wanted something more natural, a little bit more holistic. So I went home and I took to the Internet and I began to Google all these different things. And but really what caught my eye was tea. And so I began to order all these different teas. And my first tea was my detox tea that rid of me of all of my IBS symptoms. And that was really like the birthing of Penny's tea. So I told my mom about it and I called my mom CNN because she tells the world everything. So she told her family, (laughs) our family and her friends that I have this tea that you can get rid of your IBS and you can lose weight from it. So who, what woman in the world does not want to lose weight? So I started making this tea to help people lose weight. And now I market this tea as a weight loss tea. And you can lose up to 10 pounds in a week. Who don't want to do that, right? Wow. So at the time, I was a college professor. Didn't know anything about tea, tea business, or anything else. So because I am a professional student, I decided to go to school for tea to become a sommelier. I really wanted to hone on my skills to give something back to that consumer. So I call these episodes. So during one of my episodes with my domestic violence, um, a police came out because all of my windows was busted out of my house. And he gave me a pamphlet on domestic violence. At the time, I'm still in denial that this is what I was going through was domestic violence. I'm thinking, why is this man giving me this pamphlet? I've had this pamphlet before. 
that it was not the first time I've had to call the police. And so I told one of my girlfriends, and she said, I think you should call that number on the pamphlet. And that was like the first time in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should call the number. So actually calling that number on that pamphlet was my pathway of saving my life, actually. And so that particular shelter that me and my daughter went to um, saved my life. And now a percentage of Penny C's proceeds go back to that same shelter. So I am like forever grateful that I actually made the phone call. And wow. that's how Penny's Tea got started. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a pretty awesome story. And it's nice that you give back to that same shelter. Yes, That, that did you. so much for you. That's wonderful. You know, I, I think your story is amazing and inspiring, but it's not typical. Not every woman uh, can see that they're in a domestic violence situation. Like you were in denial. I yes. mean, a lot of women are in denial. Why do you think they that people are in denial? Do you think it's... They don't want to believe that somebody could abuse them. Do you think it's that they don't know what the next step would be? Like, where do I go if I do acknowledge this? What do you think the real problem is? I think it's all of those plus some. Like for me, I didn't grow up in a domestic violence situation. So I was not familiar with the term. You know, you think of domestic abuse. When you hear those words, I'm thinking I'm not being abused. In my mental mind, I honestly didn't think that was me. I knew what I was going through was really bad. I didn't like it. I wanted to stop. But I just thought that he was a bad person. I didn't know that what I was going through had a name. And that name was domestic violence. I didn't have friends that went through domestic violence. So I had nothing to relate it to to say, oh, this is what this is. I just had no clue. So I'm thinking the average woman know that she might be in a bad situation, but not thinking these are the words, domestic violence, or this man could actually take my life because this is what I'm going through. And so it goes back to education. Domestic violence is not taught in school. It's not one of your, it's not one of your subjects. Very true. What, what are the symptoms? What, what should somebody who might be going through domestic violence right now, what are some of the symptoms they should be looking for so that they can recognize it and seek help? There are many symptoms that or different signs that a person can look for. If this person is very jealous, not your average jealous, but extremely jealous, or always accusing you of cheating, but you really know that they're the one cheating. If they're trying to keep you from your family and your friends, if they're going through your cell phone, if they're sending text messages on your behalf to your friends, if they're blocking you or blocking people in your cell phone, if they're telling you you can't leave the house unless you go with them, if they're controlling your money, if you're being abused emotionally, physically, sexually, all of these different things are different signs that women can go through without consciously knowing that they're going through it. They can use your children against you. You know, they tell you that, okay, um, they don't even let you work. A lot of them situations, they don't want the women to work. They want to be the sole provider of their finances. And so they're keeping them in bondage of that situation. And 95% of these men are very narcissistic men. 
They're very controlling. They love bomb you. They tell you all these wonderful things that it sounds like this is like the perfect man for you, but he's a devil in disguise. So they kind of build up this woman, make them feel loved and beautiful, and then do the opposite at a certain point. Tear them down, destroy their soul. For me, um, I would tell people I was a dead woman walking. And I define a dead woman walking. I wore all black every single day. It, was, it wasn't even a conscious thing. It was very unconscious that I was just dead. Literally, I walked around dead. So you were I existing. You weren't living your life. You were existing in a life. I see. Yeah. But that's, um, wow. Um, how, how do you not let it define who you are? Because it happened to me. It's not who I am. And that's the big difference. Things happen to us throughout life. It doesn't define us as people. It's something, it's an experience, but it does not have to define who you are or keep you from going where you want to go in your life. That's very important. So how does a survivor learn to associate themselves with other things, you know, have a zest for life, a desire to do other things. How, how did you come out of that and, and actually, you know, start building your life with your wonderful tea business? How, how did you make that, that transition? That took time. It was not an overnight success. For me, I found solitude in making my tea. You know, health and wellness actually helped me heal. And as I continue to make more teas, more different views, rules of my tea, it helped me in, internally heal. It was an internal thing for me. And now me giving back to help other women, educate other women on domestic violence is still a healing process for me. It might look different for everyone else, but it's not something that you have to stay in. You can definitely get out of any situation. And for me, I planned my getaway two years in advance. <laughs> So you lived in this situation for two years before you left? Four. Wow. Four years. But I knew that two years in, I, I was going to live or I was going to die. Wow. I, it just, it wasn't really, I didn't have much choice. And at one point I decided to die because I didn't see how I was going to live. Because I was that much down the rabbit hole in that relationship. I just didn't know how to get out and stay alive. And it took something really deep within me to say, this is not about me. I have to do this for my kids. I needed to live for my children. And once I began to live for my children and start working with the teeth, I began to do this for all the other women out there that need to live as well. So my mission is yeah. to save lives. Now, I, I look at you and I see this vibrant woman who's highly educated, who's done so many wonderful things with your life. And I'm sure there's people out there thinking, you know, because the stereotypical domestic violence situation might be a woman who's not educated because the spouse doesn't let them work, doesn't let them go to school. How did you manage to pursue your education? How did you manage to pursue your business? Uh, or did you do all this while you were still married? Oh, I was not married to him. I'm sorry. While you were in your relationship. <laughs> he was just a boyfriend. Gotcha. Um, 
you know, I used to blame myself earlier on. I'm going to get back to your question earlier on because I was newly divorced. Gotcha. But I wasn't newly healed from the divorce. And so I think that if I would, I, I waited like almost two years before I began to date, but maybe that wasn't long enough. I don't know if it is a set time on when you should date after divorce. I don't know. And so maybe I wasn't yeah. totally healed and I opened myself up to this person, even though I was highly educated. I was a college professor. And at the time I owned a day spa. I didn't even have the tea business. I was a full owner of a day spa. And so I don't even think domestic violence, once again, it doesn't have a name, a face for it. You can be someone that's not educated. You can be a doctor, lawyer. You can be a movie star. It really doesn't matter. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that so that people don't feel like it's always going to be somebody else. It, it doesn't it matter. It can be anybody. It can be the president. It can be anybody. Yeah. That's the sad part about it. It can be anybody. Wow. It's kind of like getting cut. We all get cut at some point in our life. But if it's a, a, we fall down as a kid or as an adult, we hurt ourselves, whatever. I just have a brace on now. It doesn't matter. Domestic violence does not define who is it going to pick. Is it going to be the young lady who had a kid at 16 years old? Or is it going to be the woman who graduated and now she's an attorney and very successful in her career and she's thriving? She still can meet the narcissistic man that would change her life and turn it upside down. Right. And, and I think in, in a situation like that, you just have to find your way out. And you did. Yeah. And, and I think that's something to be applauded. You've, you not only Thank found you. your way out, you, you built your life back up. I did. I did. Yeah. Determination. Definitely. Tell me a little bit more about your story, about your recovery. Um, how, how did you move past everything and, and really focus on your business, on your new tea business? I went to counseling at the domestic okay. violence facility. Okay. Um, they offer counseling. What well, a lot of people don't know. And oh my God, this facility, and I think it's all shelters for domestic violence. Um, you don't know what you don't know. They will put you up for one year in a safe place. From wow. here, you have to pay no rent. You pay no bills at all. Your safety is what's important. And they will put you up for one full year while you get yourself together for you and your kids. That was like life-saving. Yeah. And many people don't know that. They will go to court with you. They advocate for you in your court to get um, order in place for protection from your abuser. Can you uh, share you that by yourself? Can you share the name of or the phone number to this particular facility sure. so that if anyone's this is, this interested, is a, a nationwide number It's one 799 safe. That's the national coalition for domestic violence. Thank you for sharing that. I, I don't think a lot of people know about that. So. They help you get jobs. They're going to make wow. sure you and your babies eat and you get free counseling. I went to counseling for four years. My daughter went for five years. Could also, it not just only affected me, it affected my children as well. And how are your children doing now? 
my youngest still struggle. She still struggled with relationship with men based upon my relationship with the man. And she's a young adult now. And your other child? She was away at college. So she didn't really feel or go through what me and my youngest daughter went through. It didn't affect her the same way because she didn't, she wasn't there to really witness it. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing such intimate details of your family life. Thank you for doing that. I I find it inspiring and I, and I hope that other people find it inspiring um, as well. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a terrible situation, but what makes it, what makes your story great is that you came out of it and you're successful and you're moving on in, into a, a completely new direction. Um, yeah. So what, what personal challenges do you have to work with uh, right now? Do you have anything that you're working through right now? As far as domestic violence or just in general in business? In general. What, what are your biggest challenges? My biggest challenges now is staffing. <laughs> What a good problem to have. It's like nobody wants to work. And so that's like one of our biggest challenges is is staffing. If I can get the staffing together, um, I will be okay. (laughs) Because we are are on our way to being a household name. Now we're in almost 700 locations um, across 27 states. Congratulations. That is is quite the accomplishment. I, I wish you nothing but success there. Thank That's you. amazing. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with your critics? Because for every business, there's always a critic. There's always somebody this out is, there that doesn't want true. you to succeed. Um, I, I block out the noise because once again, my business is not about me. So if I listen to anything negative, how would I continue to help other people? My mission is to save lives. That's it. So there's nothing no one could say to me because I know God has put and instilled in me so strong to help other women that nothing nobody can say to me really matters because my mission is to save women lives. That is it. This is what my company is built on. And this is what I strive to do. I want to open up my own manufacturing facility where I'm going to hire the same women from the shelter that I was at. It's very important for them to know to have their own independence, to have their own money, but they no longer have to rely on an abuser for anything. I want to do that for them. The more I grow, the more I'm going to grow the brand to help these women. And then I want to have my own apartment building facility to house these same women. Well, like the shelter gave me a one year, I want to give them one year through Penny C as well to house them in their own home, fully furnished, no bills to pay. That is my ultimate goal. Wow. That is a... Uh, that is a big goal, but I think you will achieve it. I think if anybody can do it, it's you. You've definitely got that determination, and I see it in your face. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Yes, definitely. So um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? I, I think every situation, whether it's good or bad, teaches you lessons. What are the biggest lessons that you learned through your domestic violence experience? Oh, wow, that's a good one. I learned that I'm very resilient. Um, I learned that I am enough. I had to begin to tell myself that I'm worthy. Um, He put me 
in a place at that time in my life that I didn't feel worthy, that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't loved, that nobody wanted me, that I was stupid, that I was dumb, that I was inadequate. He, even though I'm, I have a master's degree, I was working on my PhD, but he made me feel less than. So I had to pick myself up and recreate a new me, revitalize the person and renew myself from the inside out to know that I am enough. And I began to do affirmations every single day to myself and look in the mirror. I'm enough. I am worthy. I am loved. I am a survivor. Mm-hmm. And doing these affirmations every day really helped me build my character. And I would tell any woman out there, if you got to put a post-it on your wall, on your mirror, wake up every morning, giving yourself positive affirmations because you are worthy. You are enough. You are beautiful. Right. Well, one of the things I tell all my students when they come in with self-esteem or self-confidence issues is I tell them you're exactly the way you're meant to be. Mm, You have challenges, but you're a work in progress. So you just, you you have to just look at it that way and not expect perfection. And I think when you can focus on just improving yourself and improving your life, and knowing that you are exactly where you're meant to be and how you're meant to be, what else is there? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, I love that. I, I think what's challenging is that you had to come up with that on your own. What, what kind I of, did. yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the hard part is you're in this really difficult situation and you have to figure out, you know, how do I get out of this? And and why do I want to get out of this? Do I have something else out there? Is there something better for me? And the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> Always yes. Always yes. You have to bet on yourself. Yes, exactly true. That's, yes, very true statement. Uh, what kind of support system, you said when you first were going through the situation, you didn't have a very strong support system. I didn't. How did you build that back up? What do you have now that's in place so that that will never happen to you again? Because a lot of women do go back into domestic violence situations after they've been in one, they repeat that mm. pattern. Girl, I made a list. <laughs> I had a list so long, it looked like a credit application. <laughs> like so, you had to look a certain kind of a way. I literally had the checkoff list. And when I begin to date, it would take me 20 minutes or less to know if I was going to have another conversation with you or if I was going to give you my phone number. I wouldn't even go out on a date with the man without just having some phone call conversations. Because in those conversations, I was looking for little key things to let me know if he was a narcissistic man, if he was an abuser. If Can you share some of those? Can you share some of those tips that that you, some of those things that you were looking for so that other women can look for them as well? I would look for like the tone of their voice, how they would talk to me. And you can, it's just something about the way a person speaks to you is, is everything. I don't have to see you, but just on the phone, just talking to these people, I was just listening. If I hear a little bit of rage. If you get mad easily, just different things of that nature. And I was saying, Mm-mm, next, he's not it, next. 
I know I had one guy who accused me of, it was like calling his phone or it was something really small, but it was the manner in which he behaved. I cut it off immediately. Good for you. Just so many different things, but it was basically how they treat people. I began to ask them, like, do you have a relationship with your mom, your dad? What does that look like for you? It was just certain things that I was looking for me, what I was looking for that I knew that I would never, ever go through again. I didn't want anyone who drank. I didn't want anyone who smoked. It was just, I had a list. I wanted someone educated. So no one would think that my education was above them because we're on the same level education-wise. I see that. That's wonderful. It was so many things. I, I remember when my daughter was young, you know, and she was probably like in her early teens and she was struggling with friendships. And I told her, I said, if you listen, people always tell you exactly who they are. Mm, yes. And you're right. You just have to listen. They tell you with their, the tone of their voice, with their actions, their, you know, whatever it is that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I don't think I want you in my life, right? You can kind of sense crazy. You can. You just have to listen. Yes. You and really so I, I, think, I think everything became sharper in terms of what I was looking for. And I'm thinking, no. So I didn't date, like I said, for a while after that abusive situation. Understandably. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not letting no one in my space. Wow. No. Well, you know, uh, we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes, and um, I just want to get your information out there. So today we're speaking with Penny Crockett of Penny's Tea, and if you'd like to get in, uh, if you'd like to check out her website, it's uh, Penny's Tea, P-E-N-N-I-E-S-T-E-A dot com. Um, she also has another website, misspenny.com, M-S-P-E-N-N-I-E dot com. Um, so and you can check her out on uh, social media as well. If um, you'd like to get in touch with the domestic violence shelters, uh, the national number is 800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. Um, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to um, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And once you get to our website, you can subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine. You can also check out our uh, YouTube channel, and this particular uh, episode will be on our YouTube channel probably in about a week, so you can see behind the scenes. You can see what the beautiful Penny looks like and see her conversation with me on uh, on our uh, um, Zoom um, recording. So we would love to um, have callers call in um, in future episodes, or if you'd like to share questions, feel free to go to my website and email us your questions. And I really want to just thank all our listeners, um, especially in China. I know we have a lot of listeners there um, and throughout Asia and Africa and Europe. You, Without you, we would not have a show. So thank you so much. And we'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are meeting with Penny Crockett. She is the owner of Penny's Tea, but she is also the author of a book, Dangerous Love from Battered to Boss Lady. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking to her about her book. Uh, We spent the last half hour talking about her uh, journey through domestic violence and starting her tea company, but um, she's done many things. She's she's got many talents and writing apparently is one of them. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her book called Dangerous Love from Battered to Boss Lady. So welcome back, Penny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been really a pleasure chatting with you. I, I'm I'm really enjoying our conversation. I love your determination. I love how you don't let anything stop you. Um, and, and I think you said it really well, like this domestic violence issue is something that happened in your life. It didn't define who you are. And that, I think, is the story. It didn't define you. You didn't let right. the worst thing in your life define who you are. And a lot of people yeah. do that. They either let the best thing that ever happened in their life define them or the worst. And our lives are really somewhere in the middle. So, yeah. yeah so I, I love that you wrote a book. So tell me a little bit about your book, Dangerous Love from Battered to Boss Lady. Well, it was very important for me to write the book because one, it was therapeutic. Um, you hold so many of those memories in your mind and I needed to release it. I didn't want to be held in bondage of what happened in that bad relationship. So I needed to get it out. And the best way to get it out was for me to put it in the book. I mean, I don't sing and I don't rap. So (laughs) the other option was to put it in the book. Okay. And it was very therapeutic for me because it was, it was a lot of pain. Um, And even today I can't, I can't go back and read the book today. Yeah. 
you know, it was very painful. And I didn't even put everything in the book because I didn't want it to turn into a horror book. You know, people think it's like a horror story. No, it was my real life. You know, I had one of the copy editors to say, this is like a horror story. And she thought that some of the stuff should be removed. And I said, why? It was my real life. So why? I I couldn't remove it from my life. Why would I remove it from the book? You know, how somebody treats you is a reflection of who they are, not who you are. And I, and I like that you recognize that and it, it didn't define you no, and that you're still able to talk about it, but yet take your life to the next level. Yeah. So I wrote the book to help other women, help when other you- women knowing that you might be in a bad situation, but I took that sour situation and made sweet tea. Good for you. <laughs> I love it. When did you write the book? What year? It was um, two years ago, just in 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And how is your book doing? Are, are you getting a lot of sales? I'm getting some sales. I'm beginning to promote the book now. I spend so much time in trying to get into more grocery stores that I have not spent the time that's really needed to just push the book. Gotcha. So I'm doing podcasts like this to help really get the word out there because once again, I'm I'm trying to save lives and I have to do it by any means necessary. So the well, book is yeah. to help someone. I'm trying to help people and let them know that you might be in a dangerous situation, but oh my God, the other side is so beautiful because there is another side. There is, absolutely. But you don't know it when you're in the thick of it. You can't see past all these trees. But when you begin to mow the line and mow the line and you begin to see that, okay, it's something beautiful on this other side. I want to share it with the world that there is another side to this and you don't have to stay where you were. Like, come on, come on, you all. Let's do this together. There is another side and there is happiness on that other side. So if somebody wanted to get a copy of your book, is it, it, can they go to Amazon and get it? They can go to Amazon and get it. They can also go to misspenny.com and get it. There's two ways you can get the book, Amazon and misspenny.com. Absolutely. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, can you share a little bit about the book? Like what, what type of stories are you sharing? Are these Mm -hmm. actual incidences that have happened in your life or is it just more of a reflection? No, it's the real deal, Holyfield. (laughs) It's the the raw of things that actually occurred in the relationship. Um, I started with how I met him. Wow. Yeah, I'll give you like a little piece of that. Um, I was introduced to him from my mother. I always say, my mother couldn't hook me up with a cockroach right now. Like she, she... she couldn't introduce me to nobody. She, she's done in the introducing business. So I know that you talked to your mom during the break. I'm assuming <laughs> you still have a good relationship with your mom, but I that do, must but have she, been an area. But she can't introduce me to nobody. <laughs> she has Her instincts was not good that day when she thought that. <laughs> like, let me introduce him to my daughter. So he tried to talk to my mother. And she said, I'm a bit too old for you, but I have a daughter that's more of your age. And that's how that came about. 
Interesting. He actually met your mother first. Yes. Huh. But because my mother's from the old school, it wouldn't have worked. She probably would have shot him. And I, I wouldn't have to go through this horrible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I know that you had a lot of uh, professional counseling after this, after this domestic violence situation. Do you recommend that everybody get professional help after a situation like that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, everybody's journey is different. Um, I would definitely leave it up to that individual. For me, I didn't even know I had a domestic violence situation, to be honest. So I will say everyone do need counseling because it's not something you can shake off. Everyone it goes to the very core of who you are. It yeah. challenges yeah. everything. And it, it tear you down so deep that I I was watching a program on TV and this lady had a domestic violence issue and her issue was over 50 years old. But when she told her wow. story, she still cried about it. Wow. 50 years later. Because it was so deep. Yeah. So, yes, I, I do recommend counseling. If you want to be stable, you want to be able to function in the world. I mean, there was a time in my life that I wouldn't go to sleep without a gun, a knife, and a taser. Because it's that fear that you have of someone coming up on you again. You don't want that. So if you approach me, I'm going to be ready because I'm either going to stab you, I'm going to shoot you, or have a taser. One way, I'm going to be okay at the end. And that was my mentality for a long time. That's self-preservation kicking in. Wow. Do you think all women, I, I mean, all women that go through domestic violence go through different levels of domestic violence. But oh, do you think sure. that fear is the same? Yes. Um, I give you an example. Um, I spoke with a woman a couple of weeks ago and she told me she was a rape victim. And the man entered her bedroom window at her home. And this happened, she said, years ago. But to this day, she never opened her windows in her house, ever. She never experienced fresh air. Like, I love fresh air. Yeah, most people, especially during spring and summer and fall, they open their windows. She never opened her windows. And this is 20 years later. So it that rape affected mm. her that she would never leave a window open again. No difference for me. I'm always going to be protected. I'm always going to have some protection on me to make me feel protected. And those items I mentioned earlier, that's my protection for me. It might look different for someone else. Understandably. It make you want to go take karate lessons and be a master at it. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I absolutely love it. So um, do you think if somebody doesn't, get help after a domestic violence situation that it continues to haunt them or those women that you were telling me their stories about them having those memories years and years later, was that after therapy? Um, They probably didn't get therapy. Some women don't even know that they need therapy. You know, we, as women, we're so strong and, you know, we just brush it off. Like it's okay. It's kind of like if a child under the age of 12 was raped by a grown man and that mom don't take that little girl for therapy 
is going to affect her for the rest of her adult life. Therapy is so therapeutic. And it's, it's just very, we all should have therapy. And people sometimes view therapy as a bad thing or it's a taboo. No, I love therapy. I welcome therapy. At I all think, stages of your life as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that it does have a, con- a negative connotation. And I, I do think that it's a positive experience for many people. Um, but I also know people who've had negative experiences with therapy because the therapist wasn't great. So I think what's important yeah, is finding true. the right the therapist. Right therapist. Um, like yes. my father passed last year and I went into a depression, even though I still had to work pennies tea, my mind was not right. I knew I needed therapy. I went to grievance counseling and I still go because I struggled with the fact that my father is not present. And I lost my father and my uncle in the same week, two days apart. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. And I just, I, I could not cope. And then five months after that, I lost my aunt. And so it was wow. just too much death back to back, back to back. And so I needed therapy for me. Right. And so I do, I welcome therapy. I think it's something. And once again, you do have to have the right therapist. Every yeah. therapist is not for everybody. And you have to be open to even wanting the therapy in the first place. Yeah. And I really encourage people that if you go to a therapist and you don't feel the therapist is the right one for you, find another one. There's a lot of good therapists out there. I agree. And it's okay to go therapy shopping. It's it's okay to do that. You know, try a couple out. Good term. You're right. Go therapy shopping. You have to have the the right right fit. You do. It's you, you're not going to walk around in shoes that don't fit you. Why would you Absolutely. have a therapist that doesn't fit you? Yeah. There, you know, you have to find one that, that has maybe similar values, similar viewpoint, and can really help guide you through whatever you're dealing with. Absolutely. And, and I think that's agree. important. It's very important. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Go therapy shopping. Go therapy shopping. <laughs> so um how did you know that you had recovered from domestic abuse and that you were free to start living your life? Girl, what, what, I, was, what, I was happy. You were happy. I, I was that. happy. Um, I remember one day I was at a gas station and I ran into a neighbor and he said, it's something different about you that you're glowing. He said, I have not seen this you in years. And I said, I'm happy. So you recognize it. You knew what it was. Yeah. And I stopped wearing all black. (laughs) (laughs) I began to add color into my closet of clothes. So, you know, over the summer, I have my pinks. I have my yellows. I have all my pastel colors. And I feel good about it. I even have pink glasses. You know, green glasses. Well, I, I think it makes a difference. You know, you, you're like, okay, today I'm going to wear, you know, my pink shirt and you walk around and you, and you just feel good you feel or good. you've got your new shoes and you're like, you know, I, I love the zebra print. I'm going to wear, you know, with my new dress. And I think clothes really um, make you feel good. It, it's, yeah. it's a reflection of your emotions and how you feel. And, and it tells others you know, how you're feeling. If you wear all black, it's like, Hmm. And, and I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I wear a lot of black, <laughs> and, but I have a whole different reason for it. I, I was homeschooling some kids and 
and uh, I was teaching chemistry and I was ruining all my clothes. And I realized that the diodes and oxides didn't show up as much on black. <laughs> on black. So I'm going to wear some black today. So I bought like 10 black t-shirts and I started wearing those every day. You know, those in jeans were my, my uniform for years because they didn't get as damaged as my other nicer clothes did. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love color. I think it's important. And I think everyone, when they wear color, it, it, sh- it shares their personality a little bit. Yes. Who they are, you know, like my daughter loves pink. She's 24. She still wears a lot of pink. She's in medical school. She's in her fourth year and she just had her um, interview for her residency program and she wanted to wear pink and she had pink folders for her resume. And, and she's like, you know, I'm just going to channel Ed L Woods. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, so like her, her line is like, it's hard. (laughs) So that's that's her that's her way of sharing. Did she have the dog with her too? No, (laughs) (laughs) but I bet she would if uh, if they allowed dogs in hospitals. (laughs) That's cute. cute. But no, she. You know, I I think you really see someone's personality come out in their clothes, and and you can tell by what someone's wearing if they're approachable and if they're not approachable and. You know how they're feeling that day. You know if their if their shirts untucked and their shoes don't match, you might want to stay away a little bit. <laughs> right? Maybe they're not. You know, maybe they're a little sleep deprived. So you never know. Um, yeah. No, I, I love the fact that you've come so far. Can I ask how many years it's been since you've left your domestic violence situation? Twelve. Twelve years. And how long have you had Penny's teas? Eight. Okay. So in those four years, you did a lot of recovery, a lot of self-searching. Yes. Um, tell, can you tell a little bit more about what you did during those four years and how you healed yourself? Um, I went to therapy, as I mentioned, as well as I was beginning Penny C. So I didn't launch Penny C until after that, but I began ordering different teas. I began to try to feel my way. What does this look like to have the business? So when I say eight years ago, it's probably really before the eight years because I was ordering different teas. I was going to school for tea. I was making the different concoctions to call it Penny C to put on my website. Gotcha. And so that's what I was doing, doing at that time. And it felt really good. It just felt good. It gave me something to do every day outside of regular work. And I was able to channel all my emotions into what I was doing. And it's still, I do the same today. I am a workaholic. I literally work seven days a week on this brand. But I think when it's something you love, it's not work. This is true too. But it is important to have work-life balance. And I struggle with that. So I think most <laughs> entrepreneurs do. I, I'm I know. trying to find yeah. this work-life balance. Like, what does that look like? What? I don't know. I, uh, I read an art. I, I read this sign one time in, in an office, and it said, "An entrepreneur is someone that is willing to work eighty or more hours per week to avoid work for themselves 
an entrepreneur is willing to work 80 or more hours for themselves to avoid working 40 for somebody else. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree with that statement. But I think, 100%. Yeah, but I think the real reason that entrepreneurs work for themselves is because they have something to share. Yes. And they can't do it working for somebody else. No, they cannot. And, and I think not only do you have your story to share, and you inspire others with your story, you have this tea, which is an actual product that supports your mission of helping others. It does. And, and I, I love how it's coming full circle for you. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy what I do. It just, you know, as I see the brand grow, I remember when I was just in one store and I couldn't see past the one store. It's kind of like going back to what I said earlier. You can't see what's in front of you. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how am I getting into two? (laughs) And now I'm in almost 700 later. I just have this drive. I am so ambitious. It's it's sickening probably. Well, the wheels have turned. You're you're moving forward, and and there's no stopping you now. It's it's taken a life of its own. I'm going to get in all 50 states. I would not stop at 27. Penny's tea would be in all 50 states. Why why stop at 27? You're almost there. (laughs) I'm almost there. (laughs) Absolutely. Why stop? Keep going. Keep (laughs) going. So if if you were to give advice to our listeners, what would be your number one bit of advice? Believe in yourself. Don't ever doubt yourself. If you have a burning desire, such as myself, to be an entrepreneur, do it. Don't let it, don't let money stop you. Sometimes we think, oh, I don't have enough money to do it. You can start being an entrepreneur with zero dollars down. You just have to start. Agreed. Believe in yourself. Be resilient and know that you can do anything you put your mind to. I agree. If you don't, yeah. if you don't start today, you don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. Just try to get a peek of the other side so you can have a smile just like this. <laughs> No, I completely agree with you. Um, I started my business without any any money invested in it. Yeah. I, and I know, it. so I know it can be done. Zero dollars down. Just yes. do it. Absolutely agree with you. Um, last question. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old self, I would tell her, don't ever give up on yourself. Always know that you are enough. Don't ever let a man define you. I always believe that you are strong and you can do anything that you put your mind to and you got it. You got it all together. It might not appear at that time that you have it all together, but you really do have it all together. Just keep believing in yourself. Always be your own biggest cheerleader. I don't let people or have to cheer for me. I cheer for me because people will let you down. Always cheer for yourself. I love that. You are your number one fan. I love it. That's And everyone should be their own number one fan. Yes. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Um, if you would like to um, get in touch with Penny Crockett, you can um, go to her website and buy some of her teas, uh, Penny's Tea, P-E-N-N-I-E-S-T-E-A.com or misspenny.com, M-S-P-E-N-N-I-E.com. You can also 
go to Amazon or anywhere books are sold and get her book, Dangerous Love from Battered to Boss Lady. And you can read about her story and um, get inspired. And if you'd like, uh, if you are in a domestic violence situation or you know someone who is, you can reach out for help at 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. And um, we would uh, love to hear comments or questions. And you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And at the very bottom of the page, there's a contact us button. You can uh, click on that and send us your questions and uh, we'd be happy to answer them on the air. If you are interested in signing up for our magazine, Executive Function Magazine, you can also go to the website and do that. And while you're there, you can listen to our YouTube channel and our radio show. Uh, We are so grateful for every single one of you listening today. Um, Without you, uh, our listeners, none of this would be possible. So um, stay tuned for... um, some special episodes coming up in the next few in the next couple of months. We have our hundredth hundredth episode coming up December seventh, I believe, and we're going to do something special that day. And we've got a couple other special um, episodes coming as well. But once again, if you'd like to get in touch with Penny, you can go to pennystea.com or you can go to misspenny.com and um, you can get her book anywhere books are sold. Dangerous Love from Battered to Boss Lady. And I just want to thank Penny Crockett for being on the show today. So thank you so much, Penny. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.